And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 88 today. Joined alongside me, Commissioner Brandon Kurtzman, my father, Tommy Savaro, and special guest on the podcast today, MSU quarterback Sam Allen. Kurtzman, how are we doing today, brother? Doing good, man. Uh, sorry to everyone for not getting the podcast out on Tuesday. Uh, rough time of the year for me, tax season. So it uh, ended today. So hopefully we're uh, rolling more efficiently from here on out. Yeah. Sam, how are you doing on the pod today? Wonderful. I had some uh, ideas to get out, some thoughts to get out. I'm happy I'm here. All right. Um, that is going to go let Charlie in again. This is a podcast. No way. It's Kurtzman. Read the sponsor off for us. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're sponsored by Dolce Vita Pizzeria, located on 34 by Ralph's. Uh, Joe Liotta, member of Dartmouth, owns it. And the winning team gets a free championship dinner after or on a date of their choice after winning the championship. So a little something from our sponsor and uh, hope to get him some business going forward. Uh, Dad, how are you feeling today? I didn't give you your introduction. I feel like I was the only one ready for uh, the podcast on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's jump into your. Before we jump in. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. 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 I forgot. Yes. Um, quickly. We all saw the events that happened during the end of Dartmouth, Alabama. Um, Abby's already been texted. He's suspended for the remainder of the season. Um, one of the, the one thing I always say is you start the fight, you won't be in the league anymore. And I got to hold true to that. So uh, Abby understands, but it is what it is. So let's keep moving forward have no more fights. We had our yearly fight. So uh, let's keep it rolling. Clean games going forward. Talk shit, but nothing disrespectful. All right, let's do the week four recap and then we'll follow it up with the week five preview. All right, let's start with the first game, 9 o'clock slate, Wyoming against Michigan State. We have both quarterbacks on the podcast today. Sam, since it is your first time on the pod this season, I'll start with you. Uh, what were your big takeaways from this one? Um, look, we, I, I'm going to start and say we lost the game. All right, like that's, that's all I can say. We lost the game. I'm not going to sit here and blame anyone. I did not play a good game. I had, I believe, two pick sixes. Um, we did make it a game at half, but – I just think my big takeaway, and I think my team as a collective, our takeaway was that there were about like three or four, maybe probably closer to three, well, four debatable plays that are, we, we were calling them like 90 percenters, where it was like 90% of the time we either come down with a catch, uh, we make a tackle, or um, we just make a play that really changes the game that we did not. And I credit Kurtzman and Wyoming and all the, all the players on Wyoming for making they made more plays than us and um, they won the game and that's it. I think there's a couple of plays. Kurtzman, please tell me if I'm wrong. A couple of plays that stood out to me in the game. Um, we, we stopped you two times in a row, uh, tie game. We get you to fourth and goal at the 18 yard line and you scramble, right. Um, dive into the end zone, get a touchdown by a half inch that, you know, someone makes a tackle a half inch sooner. That's a play um, that, that stops a drive. We get the ball back where we scored two times in a row unanswered two. So huge momentum shift there. Um, I believe even on that same drive, Frankie Caruso dropped a wide open pick that, again, 90% of the time he's going to come down with that. But, you know, again, no, no excuses or anything. Just, you know, these nine, uh, just again, 90% is really what we, we brought it down to. And then kind of the game was almost over at that point, but um I threw like a nice 40 yard pass down this, down the field, hit Sean McDonald right in the hands. I know a lot. Of, if you watch the film, you saw it um, right in the hands. He catches that. I told him, he said he catches that nine out of 10 times. I think he catches that 99 out of a hundred. So 
you know, just a couple plays here and there that could have swayed the game. But again, credit to Wyoming, credit to Kurtzman. Um, and we'll get better. Michigan State will get better. And I think that uh, we can hang with anyone in the league. We make a couple plays here and there. A couple of those 90 percenters go our way. And I think it's a little bit of a different story today. So, Kurtzman, did I misspeak on anything there? No, I mean, listen, uh, Pat Reddington was the star of the show. Mm. Three touchdowns, two pick sixes. Uh, he dominated this one. I thought our defense, man, our defense every single game has come out and we've allowed less than 13, 13 less points in every game this season so far. I think we have the best defense in the league. We make plays where we communicate well. Um, I think we do a good job of mixing it up and kind of giving you different looks. But um, I mean, listen, you guys, there were definitely some plays to be made by you guys. Um I think my offense for what it was moved the ball decently well. I mean, we only had four offensive possessions in the whole game and we scored twice on offense, not the best showing, but we got inside, we got, we got inside the 10 every single drive. So I can't be disappointed. I could have played a lot better. Um, not having Danino obviously hurts, but Pat stepped in in a huge way and uh, kind of made his statement like TJ did say on the preview. Um, I think we got good contributions from Rob Reddington as well. Yeah. And I think that shorthanded for the second straight game, only having seven. I know I had Dylan as a sub, but he played maybe all of like eight or 10 snaps. Um, no, nah, I think, listen, man, we're a resilient group. We show up with whoever we got at the field and we play and we're undefeated right now. So I'm happy to be in the spot we're in and we got a big games coming up this weekend. Yeah. I got to, uh, I got to say, Pat told me that he felt real comfortable with Rob playing a little bit in the secondary this week as well with him. He felt like, you know, him and Rob are obviously brothers. They just have good synergy, good chemistry together. Playing, he gave Rob a lot of credit on both of his, um, or at least one of his interceptions. Uh, Kurtz, I thought the Sam, the play with Sam, where, where he was alluding to where you score that touchdown, I do, Sam, I agree with that being, you know, kind of the play of the game because you guys did have all the momentum at that point. Um, I also I also have to give credit to your defense. On the film, Damian and James, I thought they did a phenomenal job on the defensive line. Like Damian was really in the backfield on uh, giving Sam hell. I felt like the entire day. And again, Kurtzman, I agree. You guys probably do have the best defense in the league right now. Um, what was it? You haven't let up over 13 points in a game? Yeah, not yet. So that's, yeah, you guys have been, uh, you've been great. And I thought it was a really good game. Sam, I agree with a lot of things that you said. Dad, how do you feel about this one? Well, this was Pat's coming out party. Uh, on the preview, I said, this has got to be his game to shine. And he actually did. So uh, kudos to the pat uh, it was a you know the weather was bad it was kind of sloppy i was a little concerned about uh michigan state coming out and and, and coming out and having a good offensive showing because they've been a little slow at, at times to start a game um it did start off slow but it, it didn't disappoint I, I saw a good game from sam i know he threw two pick sixes but you know what I, it was a very gritty game by sam he had great throws like, like i said he should have connected that pass that was dropped was such a beautiful pass uh, a tight spiral, 40 yards downfield in the rain, gorgeous. Uh, his touchdown run was, was a spectacular run. I mean, Sam was really keeping them in this game. I like to see a few things like uh, uh, I like the receivers to, to run better routes than they did. I like sharp cuts. I don't like rounded out cuts. I think that that could have caused an interception. Uh, I'm not going to say it did or didn't, but again, I, I used to throw comeback routes on the sideline, and if my receivers didn't come back to the ball, they stood there and waited for the ball, they weren't getting another pass. Receivers got to work with the quarterback in tandem. They got to move towards the ball when it's thrown. Um, defensively, I thought uh, Michigan State had a great game plan. I thought they had Kurtz on his heels most of the day. I think uh, Douglas had three and a half sacks. 
Belheim I had a yeah, couple of times. Really, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not yeah. defensively. MSU is right there defensively. And offensively, too, because I, I think uh, Hassert, I think the kid is a stud. Uh, great touchdown catch in the corner. Uh, you know what? You throw a ball up to him, uh, those 50-50 balls, he's going to come down with him. He's that type of player. Uh, I, I could agree with Sam when I say when he thinks that, you know, uh, they beat themselves more than they were beaten. I could, I could see that. I could see that. But uh, it, it just, to me, it gave me satisfaction knowing that they can compete against the better teams in this league because they'll correct those mistakes and they're a good team moving forward. All right. Yeah, I think that's uh, – any, any closing thoughts on that? I thought that was pretty well uh, broken down there. No, I mean, no, yeah, was, I think was... everyone everyone said everything right. Um, and, again, I – I am not the type of person to blame anyone or anything. I, I, me, I'm the quarterback. I'm the captain. I threw two really bad interceptions. And again, just to, to add another one of those 90 percenter things I was talking about, it's not all the time that you get a full field pick six. And that was another early momentum swing. You know, think about even if he drops it or even if it's an incomplete pass, we're in the red zone right there. Um, and from being in the red zone down by one score to being down two scores and having the ball all the way back at the uh, at our goal line just a huge swing in the game early that you know I thought we faced a lot of adversity and I'm every one of my guys I'm proud of and I told that uh we really did face adversity with uh I think correct me if I'm wrong are we the only team this season to lose the first game of a doubleheader and then win the second one is my correct yeah I think uh I don't yeah maybe yeah it's very possible I I, I thought so I mean I could be wrong uh, but I thought just like that in general is just uh, kind of just gives a summary of the game too, where we got down, we threw a pick six, full field, down by 13, ended up tying it up and then making it a real good game and then just gave it away at the end. But, you know, I'm really, really proud of all the guys on my team, really tough, uh, really resilient guys on my team. So no worries going forward for anyone. Chris, right, give the stats. Yeah, I was 9-18, uh, 79 yards and a touchdown, five carries, 74 yards and a touchdown. Pat Reddington, three catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Also had two pick sixes and a pass breakup. Rob had four catches, 22 yards, and caught uh, two conversions. Um, Matt Hughes had a catch. Damian had three sacks and a safety. Um, and James had a catch for 11 yards and a 10-yard rush. For Michigan State, Sam was 11-19, 124 yards and a touchdown. Uh, also had three rushes, 24 yards and a touchdown, but through the two pick sixes. Um, Sean was one catch five yards. Uh, Nick Douglas had four catches for 50 yards and three sacks. Uh, Kalka caught a five yard conversion. Hassert three for 60 and a touchdown with a pass breakup. Frankie had a pass breakup. Nick King had a catch. Uh, Zach Bilheimer had one catch and a sack. And Trevor Garland had two tackles. All right, let's move on to the other nine o'clock game Oregon against Florida. Uh, that did you did you watch this one? Uh, just towards the end. Okay. Kurtzman? Kurtzman. Yeah, get Kurtz. I watched on film as well. I just, yeah, get Um, Yeah. No, I thought I was, I was very, um, when I watched the film, because I was playing during this game, but when I watched the film, I was very surprised. Um, Low scoring game. I expected fireworks in this one. I feel like both team, uh, Florida has been in a lot of shootouts because their defense might be a little suspect right now, Mm -hmm. but um, they ended up being a very low scoring game. Serov had a lot of trouble moving the ball. It felt like, um, and I honestly feel like Florida kind of gave this one away. Um, they led for most of this game. And if it wasn't for a phenomenal throw by Suroff and a, a great concentration catch on the sideline by Pip, um, Oregon would not have been on the right side of this win. I honestly feel like Florida has to be kicking themselves and 
can't be happy with the loss, obviously, but the way it happens, just it just doesn't it, it didn't seem like the result, like you almost, when you're watching, if you watch the game, you didn't know who won. You'd be like, oh, it seems like Florida's going to win. Um, Big play in the game was late in the game. Jarrock ran down the sideline for about 30 yards, but Joe Pip hawked him down the sideline. Okay. And on the next play, Florida fumbles and gives the ball back. If Joey doesn't make that hustle play and grab that and get that, uh, that flag grab near the 15 yard line to stop Jarrock from scoring possibly the game winning touchdown. Um, you don't see the fireworks later in the game. So I'm giving my hats off to Pip. He made the two biggest plays in this game. Uh, I thought the line played really well for Sarov. I thought he had time to throw. Justin yeah. Suarez had a touchdown catch where I feel like he left someone's ankle still on the field in East Brunswick. Um, but, yeah, overall, I just think that Oregon is happy to get out there with another close last play deciding uh, game winner. And Florida has to be kicking themselves. Sam, you saw this one? Yeah, I saw um, a couple things just off the top of my head. I think that I, at week in, week out, Sharoff always impresses me with uh, just like I think his arm talent is absolutely phenomenal. He yeah, like the team. way he flicks, the way he just flicks the ball. Like you know, one of my little tidbit into my mindset in football, I always like to force the quarterback to his weak side. And I even told my guys when we played Oregon that you know you can't really do that against Sharoff because even though if he can't move that well, he makes up for that movement where he'll be rolling out to his left and his weak side and he'll just fling the ball 40 yards downfield very fast very quick and tight spiral always it's a very impressive arm and I think that really keeps him in the game and he you know just just again kind of just relating it to when I played him but like I think Suroff is a is a really good leader a very underrated leader in this league I think yeah. that you know you could argue on the his best. guys yeah I I would even argue that but he, you, you see him get on his guys, and, you know, he comes off as more of an angry and vocal leader. But, you know, a lot of times he's got a point. He, he's not out there yelling at guys for, you know, wrong things or something that he did. But, you know, he's he's got a good head on his shoulders, knows football, and is very talented. So I think with him at quarterback and especially guys like Pippa receiver, I think they're going to be in competitive in any game. Dad? I saw the – like I said, the end of the game – Last play of the game, a gorgeous pass. Uh, again, weather conditions, that's a tough pass to make. Tough concentration. Two uh, defenders on him. It was a great play. Uh, defensively, I knew what they were going to bring because they said that, you know, they were going to use the same game plan they used against the TCU and Eric, who's a running quarterback. They were going to, you know, try to force Jarrock uh, to win the game on his arm. Um, I, I think defensive movement. Like, we know that Sorhoff's a, a good quarterback with a great arm. And they'll move the ball offensively with no problems, you know, better conditions. I'm sure there'll be more points scored. But defensively, that team, like I said, they're a bunch of good flag pullers. And uh, and they're very underrated defense, good defense. Yeah, I thought Bill Bullen came to play this week as well. I thought he had a good game when I was watching it on film. Uh, Drock had a really crazy touchdown run in this game as well. Just as another, usual. just another, you know, crazy elusive play. Um, are you guys nervous about Florida now that they're they're last in their division? Are, are we nervous? Anyone nervous out there about them? Any no comment, Kurtzman? No, they, wait. I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> I said, I said, Florida is now last in their division. Well, la- yeah, I guess, I guess our division is really stacked because we got a two and three team in last place right now. Um, I do think that the wins do need to start piling up. Uh, there's going to be um, a it's a race. Uh, we were talking about it. Maybe the magic number is five wins will probably get you in the playoffs. 
Um, being at two and three means you have to go three and one the rest of the way at worst to get to that five wins. I do think some four win teams can get in the playoffs, but you could be looking at a four win team on the wrong side looking in. Um, I'm not worried because Jarrock wins, but lately he hasn't been winning. So uh, maybe there is a little cause for concern. I'm personally not going to be concerned about it. I think uh, he does have a, a, a tougher schedule ahead, plays a lot of the better teams in the league in the second half, but he's capable of winning any game he steps on the field um, for. So I'm still confident in Florida going forward. Yeah, they can compete with any team they play against. No one's going to walk into that game and blow them out. But I like to yeah, see no one's Florida. Won. Yeah, what I like to see from, from that team is a receiver stepping up. I know he gets a lot of completions to his linemen, but I want to see a receiver step up and be the guy for him to throw the ball to when he needs it. All right, Kurtz, let's do stats. Yeah, no, I think, okay, um, sure. I think Nick Zalek needs to step into that role and uh, definitely make some plays. Um, uh, where am I starting? Sorry. Um, Suroff was 7-4-16, uh, 80 yards and two touchdowns. Also ran for 50 yards and a touchdown. Justin Suarez had a 21-yard touchdown. Amir had a catch for nine yards, also had a safety. Um, Bowen had a 10 yard rush, also caught a conversion and another completion for 15 yards. Joe Pip, four catches, 48 yards, and the game winning touchdown also had, like I said, the big flag grab late in the game to set up that fumble. So, uh, also had a sack in this one. Jarrock was 11 of 15 for 110 yards. I'm sorry, not 110 yards, 98 yards. And one touchdown also had 111 rushing yards. Uh, DeFlippis had a catch. Will Saba had a catch. Zala caught a conversion. Xavier had a sack. Um, Jodell had a safety. And Jarwa had 45 yards receiving and also had a sack. All right, let's move on to the 10 a.m. slate. Let's start with Ole Miss versus Purdue. Ole Miss versus Purdue. Um, yeah, no, I, I watched a good amount of this game. And the big takeaway is – Ole Miss is rolling right now offensively. Um, scored over 30 points again in this one. Um, Tommy looks like he's in his zone. His receivers, they like we. I, I keep bringing it back, but he brought back the exact same top four guys from his last year's team to this team, adding a couple extra pieces, and it looks like it's kind of rolling right now. Paulie looks like a dominant force every time he steps on the field. Uh, Giuseppe came back this week, scored a late touchdown in this one. Um, Good to have him back. He got Dan Dexter back this week. Guzman, Rougeau, they, they kind of got a really complete team. And um, they, they took they took care of business this week. They beat Purdue, the, the last place team in the league right now, which is what you're supposed to do when you're on top of the standings. You're supposed to go out there and show your dominance. Um, I don't think Ole Miss was ever worried in this game. They took a 14-0 lead early and kind of rolled from there to a 32-6 victory. Um as for Purdue, I did think they kind of put – I thought I, I do think they're getting better offensively. They move the ball into the red zone, but it's just kind of that constant problem of not being able to score with inside the 10 um, and just not being able to give Deshaun necessarily all the time in the world to read the field, see his receivers. I do think they have improved, especially when we talk about their second game against Michigan State. Um, they played a lot better of a game. I thought it was Deshaun's best of the, uh, the year thus far. But – Ole Miss takes care of business, and Tommy Galante keeps on rolling. Uh, Tommy Galante might be the front runner for MVP right now. Sam, how do you feel about this one? You watch it? Uh, I watched a little bit of it. I really watched, like, the, the first half. I saw them get out to that big lead, and then I kind of sort of just yeah. checked out. But 
Yeah, I feel I kind of feel the same way about about Tommy as I do about Suroff. I just think that Tommy's got a really good mind for the game, and you can just tell by the the routes his receivers run and how they run them, and um, just like the just like the way he uses his players. Everyone has a role, and I really like that. I think it's uh, attributed to the way he drafted his team and kind of just brought kind of ran it back for lack of a better term. Um, you know, these guys know each other, and I think Kurtzman. We were talking before the pod about you know, you and Danino and how it's, you know, you really like throwing to him and Pip and like, you know, your guys. And when you know your guys, that's, that's a big advantage that a lot of people don't realize and especially in redraft stuff like this. So um, again, I think and Tommy's another one that can, uh, you can never rule him out of a game going in or in the middle of a game. So really like Tommy a lot. Dad. I like the fact that he came back with his team. I mean, he showed tremendous confidence saying, you know what, I could win with this team. Uh, Sorov did the same thing with his squad. Uh, they felt that uh, towards the end of the year, they had a good run, uh, knowing that they could take it into this season and continue. Uh, both teams are performing well. I I, I love that team. Uh, I, you don't hear me talk a lot about Tommy. I'm going to talk about Tommy. Tommy's playing great. He's moving the ball. I, I love the way he moves in the pocket. Uh, I think he's he's a pass first quarterback, but you know he'll take the audits if they, you know if they're there. He'll he'll uh, use his legs. Uh, right now, he's playing very well. Uh, you know, as long as you don't throw that, that, you know, that one bad pick a game, then we're fine. Uh, uh, I think I think I'm going to have Augie uh, come up with MVP odds by the end of this podcast. And we could uh, and Augie, we could put out some MVP odds. What we think. Yeah, no, Let's go. Um, good. What's just, sorry, I probably say about bringing it back with um, what Sam said about kind of just knowing how your receivers run routes. It's like a lot of teams had to have that adjustment period. You got to figure out how your number one runs his routes, how your number two runs his routes and kind of stuff like that. Tommy came right into the league, uh, similar to me with Danino, similar to um, Suroff with Bowen and Zach, like no adjustment period, um, no adjustment period. And that is a huge factor, especially early. And as you go throughout the season. So um, very happy to see Ole Miss succeeding at a high level right now in the league. Kurt, let's do stats. Um, yeah, we can definitely do stats. We can definitely do stats. <laughs> I know I have them. I just, yeah, right in front of me. Tommy Fish, 11 of 1869 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Also ran four times for 45 yards. Paulie finished five catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Giuseppe finished with only one catch, but it was a touchdown, a 20 yarder. Um, John Guzman finished with two catches, 17 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Rougeau had a catch for 23 yards. Then Dexter caught a touchdown and Dane Lumpton also caught a 25 yard touchdown. Uh, Dexter also had a fumble recovery. Paulie had an interception and three pass breakups in this one. And Chris Valamati had a pass breakup and a tackle. And for Purdue, Deshaun was 12 of 21, 150 yards and, um, one touchdown. Yeah. One touchdown. Um, also had the interception, Johnny, three catches, 32 yards. Nick Murgle had five catches, 56 yards and a touchdown. Uh, also had a pass breakup. Ali had two catches, 37 yards. And Anthony had two catches, 23 yards. Jai Smarco also had a sack. All right, let's move on to the other 10 a.m. game. Alabama against Dartmouth. Dad, you watch this one? Yes, I did. All right, I'll let you start. Um I thought Joe picked up right where he left off last week, uh, moving the ball well. Uh, they had a great defensive effort from uh, Leota, is his last name? Yeah. 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 Uh, great defensive. He had a pick six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He had two, inter- he had two interceptions, back-to-back, uh, back-to-back drives. One was a pick six, yeah. Yeah. But, but, and, again, you know what? Alabama, I could say it all day long, great athletes on that team. They just 
they don't they can't find a way to get into the end zone. You, you can't play in this league and not score points. It, it, it becomes a, a huge frustration uh, for the for the players. You can't win the game if the team outscores you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> I, I just I, I think they got they got to get their shit together. They, you know what? Um, I, who's, who's who's the quarterback? Uh, yeah, Dev, now I guess the quarterback. quarterback I hope he's not hurt, but he's got to step up and he's got to take control of this team and he's got to find ways to move this team and get the ball in the end zone. They they can't show up every week and not score points. Kurtz. Yeah, no, I think their goal, Alabama, I'll talk about the game in a second, but I think Alabama's goal for a season is you need to get at least, you need to win three and one of your last four games to get the four wins. Um, that's your best case scenario, probably. So that's kind of where your goals need to be at. As far as the game goes, um, slow start. I thought Alabama's defense honestly did a pretty good job of keeping Darman's offense at bay early. The pick six that Abby threw to Joliota kind of, started the uh open the floodgates it was only nine nothing at that point in the game um i thought that dartmouth's defense is very good in the secondary rich ritter has been playing great this season nick santuccio has been having a great year joe piscopo one of the better corners in the league um they got a lot of athletes back there that can make plays and um just like uh whatchamacallit just like Oh Miss, Joe's got a, his guys back. Tompkins, Musi, um, he adds his boy Santuccio. He's got other guys from that those Cardinals teams that um, they kind of are on a track from last season to kind of never stop. So the train is rolling, and no one really wants to be on the tracks right now to try to get in their way. Um, Alabama just needs to kind of figure it out. Um, Dev needs to move back to quarterback, um, but. Yeah, got to put the ball in the end zone at least at some point. feel like a lot of the offense was very um, makeshift, kind of just get open. I assume they're calling plays in the huddle, but who knows. Um, but just hoping to see a lot better showing from Alabama going forward. But shout out to Dartmouth, another team that you're at the top take of the standings. You, go out there, you take care of business. You go out there and you dominate the team that's at the bottom of, the, of your division. So got to give it up to Dartmouth. Joe P and company are playing at a high level right now. Sam, how do you feel? Did you watch this one? No, I actually didn't get to catch this game. Um, don't re- I mean I played Alabama last week, but um, yeah, did miss this one completely. So, so give I'm me. I like I liked your I liked your little tidbits on the quarterback so far. Give me your thing on Joe Piscopo. Uh, I like Joe. Joe is a as competitive as it gets. I I really like that about him. Um, you know, you see him in the game, like just talking to Joe before the game. You know, great kid, and then you get in the game, and he can be. He ends up being your worst enemy. You know, he's he'll. He, he just I feel like he's always in attack mode and I like that though because he you know it kind of gets his team around him and honestly um you know we spoke about you know everything that happened in this game but you know that's just the attitude that he brings to the team and you know it, he's just always fighting always attacking and I think it's a good thing honestly and I think that his guys like we said he's drafted a lot of his guys and I think his guys kind of follow that lead so um again Joe I, I always like watching Joe play but unfortunately missed this exact game Dad, you uh, you already talked about this one? Yes, yeah, you talked about this one. I'm sure. Excuse me. All right, Curtis, let's do stats. All right, these stats are really ugly, honestly. Not going to lie to you. Okay. Um, Joe Piscobo, four for 10, 55 yards. Threw two touchdowns, had an interception. Also with five carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Nick Tompkins held just the one catch on five yards. I thought Joe Noya played a pretty good game guarding Nick Tompkins. Uh, it's a, it's a, a big size differential in that matchup. And I honestly thought Joe did a really good job. He had a couple of – got his hand in on there in a few plays. So, um, always good to see Joe Noya making plays on the defense side of the ball. 
Um, Nick Santuccio had a pass breakup. Juliota had a pick six, also another interception, three tackles. Thought he was kind of all over the field for Dartmouth, making a lot of plays for them. Uh, Rich Ritter had two catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Also had an interception and a pass breakup. And Musi caught a five-yard touchdown. And uh, Nick Wyman had a sack safety. I think that's his first sack of the year, maybe. Um, and Liam Knowles. Liam Knowles taking on a, a brand new role this year, kind of just do whatever the team needs to be done. And he's thriving in it. He had a sack in this one as well. And kind of just all over the field making plays for them. Um, as for Dartmouth, not Dartmouth. Alabama. Um, Alabama. Abby, three, 6 of 14, 51 yards through three interceptions. Three carries, 38 yards. Also had a catch for 30 yards and a pass breakup. Uh, Wiz had a catch for four yards and a sack. Dev had a catch for 10 yards and three tackles. Emmerich had two pass breakups. Denoy had three pass breakups. Kuji had two catches for 10 yards subbing. And uh, Brian Duncan had two catches for 27 yards. Femi also had a pass breakup for the Alabama Crimson Tide. All right, let's move on to the 11 a.m. slate. Sam, I'm going to start off with your game here. Purdue against Michigan State. Uh, tell me about this one. Well, we got out of the gates and I think that we kind of just took it. And this is what I really feared all week. And I really stressed to my guys that, you know, while Wyoming was definitely the biggest game of the day for us, um, you know, we also had another game to play. And I think that to be truthful, and I was already harsh on my guys. um, I think that we came out and we took it for granted that this game was not in the wind column already. When we first came out, we played probably the ugliest defensive first half of football this season. Um, I think we, we just really – everyone was asleep at the wheel. And, honestly, I, I played a little defense in this game because I just – you know, when things go wrong, I kind of just like to get out there. And I don't play a lot of defense this year playing quarterback. But when things go wrong, I like to be out there next to my guys and kind of just being – you know, being on the field with them. And I, I really got into them at halftime and kind of grilled into them and said, you know, wake up because this is not a win. We didn't – we're not handed a win yet. You got to win the game to get the win as stupid as that sounds. But, you know, again, I think we took it for granted to start. Um, again, but like I said earlier about the game before, uh, the resilience was great. Um, I think our guys really bounced back well. We, I think we scored a crazy amount, like 20-something points unanswered, and we just really turned it on in the second half. I think I really got to our guys, and uh, I think it really gets the ball moving into the next week. So, um, again, happy with my guys and my team in the way that we were able to bounce back and get a big win. And uh, But – Again, I think that uh, I think that was a little concerning in the first first half, especially defensively. Dad, I think it was a good showing by Purdue this game. I was happy to see it. Uh, side note: they had two super subs in uh, Austin <laughs> and Matt Hughes. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. I mean, they were missing. Too, they were missing we their were first and off. second round. No, they were missing but, their first. And second my, round. my only point is, I'm not saying they they played well because of that. Well, you know what? I do want to say something. Like two that. veterans in the league. Yeah, you know everything. what? If you can get two guys that can block for your quarterback, it changes everything. Look, uh, uh, I agree. <laughs> what's his name again? Quarterback. Deshaun. Deshaun. Deshaun had a good game. He had he had horses in front of him. That you know what? Moving forward, you, you gotta know if you if you're new to this league and you're drafting, make sure you get the horses up front. Games one at the line of scrimmage, I say it every year. Um, yeah, and, and I, I think you guys know my my D line and how I pride myself on Bellheimer, Douglas, and you know, Frankie Caruso and then Hassard here and there. You know, it's a totally different game when you get that D line and then now you're facing Johnny, Matt Hughes, and Austin. I mean, that's a that is a battle in the trenches if I've ever heard one. So yeah, but I mean, again, like like you said, we it was definitely definitely a different game with the 